All right. So I'm going to keep with a Western theme because I'm still playing Red Dead, right? Nice new phone. Thank you. Yeah, it's bloody heavy. It's the iPhone XS and it's heavy. You know what I... So I better tell this joke quickly because like my arm's burning. About you having a new phone. What's that? Oh, you can talk to me. I can talk to you. Because usually for, I have to call Dan. For anyone listening, my old phone, the, the internal speaker didn't work, so I had to put it on speakerphone and you've yeah. got the loudest voice in the world. So you'd start giving me shit when I'd answer <laughs> when I'd press speaker and walking through the office, running to a quiet room to have the chat. Hey, Dan, how's it going, mate? Or you wouldn't just... Yeah, big bloody you, wake up. bloody wouldn't answer in the first place. That's true. It's so frustrating. Yes. Anyway, you have to wait an hour for I you to remember to call phone. me back. All, All right. right. Okay. Go. So Western theme. Uh, it's Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Tonton. Toto, Tonto and the Lone, oh, Ranger, Tonto. Lone Ranger. They're riding through the desert. Yep. And the Lone Ranger says, Tonto, I'm bloody starving. When's that herd of cattle coming? And Tonto goes, oh, check Kimasabi. He puts his ear to the ground. He goes... Kimasabi, buffalo come. And Lone Ranger goes, that's amazing. Can you hear them through the ground? He goes, no, no. Ear stuck to ground. (laughs) (laughs) Right, let's go. Attack commences in 60 seconds. Welcome to the Game on Australia podcast, episode 107. Christmas heaven, Peter. really is, Daniel. Yes, we're into the first week of Christmas, officially. Bloody loving it. Start thinking about those Christmas gifts and goodies that you want, gamers. Yes. There's plenty to choose from, including Super Smash Ultimate being released tomorrow, if you don't mind. That's massive news. Rails, I'm coming to see you. <laughs> You're a legend. Hey, top three things that gamers need to hear this week on the way. Essendon has kicked their entire esports team and its coach. We'll tell you why. Epic is launching a Steam rival, and it looks pretty damn good. The Game Awards are happening this weekend. We'll get you across it. Plus, we're going to have a bit of a chat about uh, some of the ones that we think will take out the major prizes. We'll catch up with one of the big names from Couch Warriors and uh, this story that I've been waiting years to hear, Dan. I'm telling it today. All right. It's going to happen. Don't go anywhere. Game on. Game on. It's game time. Excellent. Game on. Game on. It's game time. Excellent. <laughs> oh. Yes. Yes. Hello, my name is Pete. My name is Dan the Internuts. And uh, for the next hour, we're going to bang on about gaming, Dan, because we bloody love gaming, Hey, Peter, what else do we bloody love? Oh, bloody Hey, a big thank you to all of the great people that support this podcast every single bloody week. Our tech sponsor, Peely Computers, you legends. Uh, You might be listening to this on andrewhogue.com as well. Hello to you through Podcast One, through Android, through Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. Please leave us a nice little message, hit subscribe, do all that uh, good stuff. And a big thank you to Netflix and yes. their new Australian series, Tidelands. Tidelands, yes. For supporting us through Christmas as well. It's a nice little Chrissy present for us, actually. Well, it really is, isn't Legends. it? Um, yeah. Hey, uh, look, a couple of things to cover off as we record this Thursday, the 6th of December. We're going to have a special guest on the podcast a little bit later on this hour. Uh, Daniel Klebovchek the former president oh. of Couch Warriors and now strategic director of the organisation. They are the biggest 
uh, fighting games organization when it comes to esports and tournaments yeah. in the country and well on their way to challenging for that spot globally as well, mate. That's so, some kind of last name too. Uh, you did that very well. Thank you very much. Mm. I, I um, asked him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's also the bloke that I bumped into. He organized the Chris Charla um, ID at Xbox uh, oh, yeah. bloke that we caught up with at PAX. Mm. Um, he's the one who organized that. He was there. It was great meeting you there, Dan. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to that chat a little bit later on this hour. Now, uh, look, before we get into the top three things that gamers need to hear this week, a quick 12 games of Christmas yes. updates. All right. So 12 games of Christmas is going along swimmingly. We're in pre-promote at this point in time. Um, being the Thursday, uh, we started the pre-promote about six, seven days ago. Yep. So we have announced um, seven, seven of the brands uh, that are actually going to be providing prizing for the Game on Australia podcast to give away on Christmas Day. So 12, uh, 12 brands, 12 prizes, 12 winners, and it's just going along swimmingly, mate. It's so good, isn't it? The community is absolutely loving it, and we're loving all the feedback from you guys as well. And so. uh, not, I'm not ashamed to say there's, I think, noticed a few copycats out there, Peter, doing the same sort of thing on oh, socials. You they know? bloody would, wouldn't, wouldn't they? they? You bloody copycats. Anyway. Anyway. That's all right. <laughs> A um, couple of uh, great bits and pieces up on the website as we speak from our community of um, content creators as well. Uh, you'll get your first look at Sid Meier's Civilization Six: Gathering Storm. Thank you very much for throwing that one together, Nico. Mm. Also, the game deals every single day from AdZU Legend. They're great, and, uh, aren't they? As we speak, excuse me, <clears throat> um, Capcom sent us over a copy of Just Cause 4. Oh, yes. And Inferno's going to be playing through that and uh, giving us a nice little review, not too far away, as well as Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, oh, but are you, are you kidding? Larry. I'm not joking. Now, um, forgive my ignorance here, but I do want to, I've got umbrage with you, actually. Why? Because one of our community, and I don't know who it was, because mm. I, I haven't read through the whole thing yet, Yeah, but someone rated the new golf game. Nine out of ten. Yes, that was Nico. Nico. Yeah, and bloody Nico, you're a legend, mate. Because I was, I'm, I mean, I'm about that game. Fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is pretty good. I've heard, I've heard incredible things about it. The only reason why I haven't bought it is because I'm currently playing Red Dead, Fortnite, and I've got Battlefield as well. Jeez. Battlefield Five. So mm-hmm. I'm feeling it's that kind of game I can buy maybe in the holidays when I've got some more time. To have, yeah, yeah. You know, but excellent review, Nico, and stuff you, Pete. Game, golf games are awesome, man. Piss off, mate. <laughs> it's called the Golf Club 2019 That's featuring PGA Tour. Yeah. Um, so good stuff there. Lamplight City review is up. Uh, and I threw my own little review together for Bendy and the Ink Machine. Um, yeah. I, I gave that 95%. Um, it's a scary as hell horror game with an enthralling story. The chapters are short but punchy. The characters are well thought out and execute their roles well. And the adventure of unraveling the mystery while navigating the horrors of Joey Drew Studios delivers in spades. It's a rooster teeth publication. <laughs> Joey Drew Studios. It's I, I love it, man. I'm playing it on the Nintendo Switch and I found the darkest corner in my house to play it and it is scary as fuck. Did you just reread your own interview? I did, Dan. Like, yeah, like, remember the 12th man when uh, Richie Vano is reading his own article? Just yeah. Couldn't agree with myself more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a daily occurrence. That's exactly what you sounded like. Alright, let's get stuck in. Danny Boy, the top three things that gamers need to hear this week. Number one, and you brought the big salad for a change. Um, <laughs> I, I did. I'll tell you what, actually. I knew something you didn't. Seinfeld was on last night. Oh, did, well, Master of my domain. That is got to oh, be. Oh, you saw it. That has got to be the greatest. I'm in such a great 
yeah. spot right now, personally. Yeah. I watch Seinfeld from 7 till 8.30, yeah. and then I jump on, on the Xbox from 8.30 to about 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I watch a bit of YouTube. It is a wonderful that. place that, to that's be. That's my night for last. It really is. But Master of My Domain, I really think that's the best Seinfeld episode ever made. I agree with you. Um, and For those of you who don't know the episode by uh, name, you'd know it for sure if you saw it. Um, it's the one where they have a bet who can last the longest without themselves uh and um just that final scene of them all just in bed one by one sleeping soundly sleeping soundly (laughs) i just i just love the i love that beginning where it's a day and the naked chick across from jerry's apartment and then kramer disappears and comes back five minutes later and I'm, I'm out. I'm qu- yeah. And actually, someone said my cousin uh, uh, Dunged, his name is Dunged Christian. Yeah, Dunged. He when he was a kid, he couldn't say dickhead properly. He'd say yeah. Dunged. He's, yeah. he's had that name ever since. He um he texted me and says you'd be Kramer, wouldn't you? He had an eggplant and the and the you know and the like, little squirt yeah, emoji. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, mate, one hundred and twenty percent, mate. That is me. The um the on Discord, I drop that eggplant every now and again in yeah. the in the fire team. Our yeah. our content creators and Liz saw it one day and she goes can't do that. You're not allowed to drop that. You're the managing director of the bloody podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. team. You shouldn't be doing yeah. that sort of stuff. Well, they take it the wrong way. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone loves an eggplant. Oh, of course they do. Now, uh, Dan, <clears throat> this, um, Essendon, you you brought this in today. Essendon has kicked uh, its esports team. Now, we put in a quick call to our mate, um, Chris Smith from Big Esports, mm. because if there's anyone who's going to know what's going on, it's going to be him. And um, he mentioned that this is a, it's a regular occurrence. Um, he didn't have too much time to chat. He was in between meetings. It's, it's generally a, a regular occurrence this time of year, actually, that esports teams churn and turn and burn their, but the uh, their talent. But uh, this appears to be the whole team. Now, he did mention it might not be the entire team. It might be like the majority of the, majority the team. Of it. Um, but he mentioned OPL, so it appears to be their League of Legends team. Um, but them and the coach. So, yeah, Essendon have kicked their esports team. They're looking for new talent. Doesn't it prove mm. that the importance of a team dynamic in esports to the point, you know, and I know you and I both, um, for those who don't know, you and I are both Fremantle Football Club fans, yeah. the Dockers. Yeah. And the Dockers have had a pretty lean two or three years where it, there's been a lot of publicity over here about them. Re, and Ross Lyon, their coach called it re-stumping, re-plumbing, you know, essentially rebuilding the, yeah, the, yeah. the team, the list yeah. again. We're in a rebuild. But, yeah, we're in a rebuild, right? Which is probably just bullshit talk for, you know, we're not very good at the moment. Well, it's definitely that. Um, I find it amazing that, that that takes two or three years for them to build a team that's going to contest again, maybe in four years. Yet, you know, in esports, they decided, oh, well, half the team's gone. See you later. And next year we expect to be contesting again. I find that amazing. This is one of the um, – This the industry is notorious for this. Uh, now, it, it you know, it probably has a lot to do with the fact that, um, uh, you know, they they were the first Essendon esports team set of talent, right? So, AFL, you mean? Uh, yeah. Well, no, they weren't the first as far as an AFL team having no. the Adelaide Crows yeah, ball oh, legacy. Yeah, yeah. But Essendon, I'm talking about the talent that they had on the team. Oh, sorry. Probably yeah. the first ones for Essendon. Yep. Right? So they've probably put them on, I don't know whether it be probationary periods or, or short-term contracts or something, sort yep. of see how you go. Yep. Sorry it didn't really work out, guys. We're going to go yeah. chasing new talent. Um, but the uh, – what do we got here? It's uh, This is from Triple M, actually. Triple M. Oh, yeah. Have delisted all their gadget-type operators. <laughs> what's his name? Bloody – what's that, that dickhead from Channel 7 Sport? Oh, Brian Taylor, BT. Yeah, BT. Yeah, that's a, for those of you yeah. not in the know, 
Um, BT, when he first met the Essendon Bombers esports team, yeah. had a bit of a crack at them. And I think to their face called them, the, yeah, these are the gadget t- type operators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Good on you, BT. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, <laughs> look, uh, this is um, actually some, some good friends of ours, Will and MJ. Oh, yeah, yes, uh, yes. Their chat from the, um, their chat about this with Triple M footy reporter Tom Brown mm. is uh, at the website. Should we have a little listen? Mm. Let's have a bit of a listen. Hang on a second. Let's just pop this into the bits and pieces that we need to pop it into. Actually, you know what? No, we're not going to have a listen. We're going to get him ourselves. Are we? Yes, we are. We'll do it next week. Let's do it next week. You want to get Tom Brown on the pod next week? We'll have yeah, a bit of a chat to him let's about do it. That. Yep, yep. All right, we'll organise we'll, to get Tom Brown on the podcast next week or somebody who can talk to us about this in depth. You know, I've, I've had a thought about this, right? Because th- this happens. I go to the footy every week and I I know if, I've never played the game at, at the highest level. I've never played any sport at, at the highest level. I can't really relate to a player who, even in the pressure of a game, is 20 metres out in front. And misses a misses a, a set shot at goal, right? Mm. When it's something they do every day for eleven months of the year, and then what I always say at the game is like that's that's the equivalent of me sitting at work on Monday and missing the mouse button. Yeah, right? I know what you mean because yeah, it's yeah, something yeah, I do yeah. every day, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if I'd missed my mouse button at work, I'd look at myself and go, "Man, what was that?" You right? idiot. Yeah. So it's I just find it interesting that these guys are now being paid to. Click mouse buttons for a, for a football team. Yeah, <laughs> being dropped and being dropped. It's not it's, funny. It's not funny they got dropped. No, but it's, it's mind you, they probably go off. I think I think this is as much about uh, Pete about team unity, and as much about a team gelling together. Clearly, um, I think they came seventh in in the inaugural. Uh, yeah. So the the statement says in split one of twenty eighteen, our team finished in seventh place in the OPL, falling short in the expectations of both our team and the pundits. The statement reads. With the 2018 season officially out of 10, we have taken the time to reflect on the 2018 season and evaluate our processes, support structures, and roster moving forward. It is through these evaluations that we have come to an incredibly tough decision to not renew the contracts of any of our 2018 starting roster. Um, <laughs> that is that's incredible. I find it ironic too that, that here's Essendon dropping their team for underperforming and coming seventh in esports. Oh, yet, yet the football team yeah, I know. hasn't done that much better, right? <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon they've set that as a board and good? How can we send the football team a message that, that not making finals this year wasn't good enough? <laughs> Should we drop the players? No, no, let's get rid of the esports team. Let's show we mean business. Yeah, we, we mean, mean business. business here at Essendon. Uh, look, it, it's, it's, um, I, I really want to, I can't wait. To, we're going to get in touch with Tom Brown. We'll speak to him next week. We'll yep. get to the bottom of this a, a little bit because it does seem... I don't know. It seems like a big move, doesn't it? Just to completely clear the but entire team out. As Chris said in that previous brief chat we had, that it's quite common. So maybe it's just the thing. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, um, top bit of news that gamers need to hear. Yeah. Number two. Who is number two? Who is number two? Work for. Um, now, Steam, Dan, you and I have spoken about um, a fair bit. Steam, for those of you who don't know, is the is probably the biggest platform in the world in terms of um, uh, PC game libraries, mm. right? Steam became very well known, particularly through the period of um, Half-Life and yep. Half-Life 2. Yep. Obviously came from Valve and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, in fact, with Half-Life 2, you actually had to install Steam 
before you could actually play Half-Life 2, right? Because yeah. that was a platform that you could get it from. Everybody lost their minds, and now here we are years down the track, and you, you wouldn't know life without Steam, right? Mm. So Steam's the, the biggest library in the world. Anyway, Epic um, Games, the developers behind Fortnite, Fortnite yep. um, have come out and they've said that we're actually going to launch Arrival against Steam. Big now, news. it is massive news, mm. absolutely massive news, because a lot of different game developers and publishers have launched their own platforms to an extent, right? Yep. But they've launched them and it's pretty much kept their own titles on those platforms. So, yep. for example, uh, EA has Origin, right? Yes. So it's like a, it's a place where you can go, you can jump into Origins, you can um, use their subscription service through it and whatnot, but the only thing that you can download from Origin is mm. EA titles, yeah, yeah, right? Yep. Same with Bethesda's. You know, there's Quake on there and there's Fallout yep. and so on and yep. so forth, right? But Epic coming out and going, no, 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 we're actually going to put together our own digital store a la Steam is massive because all of a sudden we have competition in the market yep. and it's not competition in the market from plenty of other sort of miners that have gone, oh, we might be able to have a crack at Steam. You know, maybe your website's like Humble Bundle, um, for example, where a lot of the time you still had to go through Steam essentially to go and get your yeah. codes anyway, yep. right? Yep. Yep. Um, but Epic Games, and this is a story from CNET, they announced Tuesday that the Epic Games store is coming soon to PC and Mac. That is also a pretty good name for a for a like a, a digital store title, isn't it? The Epic Games Store. Yeah, it is. So they're they're already having a win yeah. there. Um, with eventual plans to come to Android as well as other open platforms in 2019, Epic Games says more information about the store will be revealed at the Game Awards, which will happen over the next 24 hours. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we're recording this Thursday, the 6th of December. Um, but for now, says the store will first launch with a curated set of games with plans to open up to more titles next year. Now, this is where it gets really interesting, mm. okay? I'm just going to go through some bits and pieces that Steam actually shared, mm -hmm. right? So for putting your game on Steam, there are revenue sharing splits, Yep. right? Yep. Um, most recently, Steam actually mucked around with that a little bit and it announced some different tiers, sure. all right? So this is what happens with Steam right now, okay? Um. The storefront would be adjusting its revenue share system from a standard 70-30 split, which is what happened up until what they've just announced, which is the tiered system, with more revenue going to developers of games that earn to over certain thresholds. So uh, games that earn over $10 million in sales will see a 75-25 split after mm -hmm. reaching the milestone from October 1 onward. Games that earn over $50 million will get to keep 80% of their earnings, wow. while Valve takes 20%. Right? Now, there is... The, the indie developers were really pissed with this, all right? And the reason being is because the only ones who are ever going to benefit from a revenue share split in a tiered system are your AAA title developers, yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. know? So XYZ, the indie developer, throws their game up on Steam. They can get a bit of money in from that. They're not going to make $10 million, no. though. There's tens of thousands of indie developers on Steam, yep. right? Now, here's the difference for Epic Games, okay? Mm -hmm. um, developers will get to keep... 88% of the revenue of a game sold at the store with Epic taking the other 12%. Mm. And the company's gone ahead and sweetened the deal. For developers that are using Epic's Unreal Engine, they will cover the 5% engine royalty within mm. that 12% as well. Wow. So if you are a game developer, an indie developer, and you go to, um, you put your game on Steam, the most you'll probably make out of it is a 70-30 split. Yep. Right? 
if you put it on um, Epic, you're keeping 88%, Uh, right? Now, indies are starting to really take over the world, right? In fact, they're actually getting a better name on average than your AAA developers. Because a lot of people are really pissed with AAA developers. Because you can spend, like, for example, Bendy and the Ink Machine. Yep. I think it's about $29 at the moment. I score that 95% and it is worth every percentage point because it is a fantastic bloody game, right? And it's cheap as well. Fallout 76, now I scored that 95% from the beginning. I really enjoyed it. Mm. But since having played a ton of other games since Fallout 76 and reviewing those as well, I've revised my review down to 80%. Yeah, right. Right? And since playing a lot of these other games and reviewing them in depth as well, it has also become apparent to me how many bugs and shortcomings are in a game like Fallout 76. Mm. And this is a studio, Mm. this is Bethesda we're talking about here. They're not a fly-by-night bloody indie developer. You know what I mean? Like, they are a triple-A, multi-million dollar company pumping crunch time hours into these major triple-A titles. And with all the testing and all that. that, Yeah, exactly. Exactly right, you know. So, um, indie developers are the ones that are really taking the world by storm at the moment. So, if a lot of them are going to be knocking on bloody Epic Games' store and saying, we're coming over there, well, automatically Epic Games is ahead, aren't they? Well, and and Epic... Have proven the temp, have sort of provide the template of how to make a, 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 a what was essentially an indie game to start with. Yeah, the biggest game in the world. Yep, absolutely. It really is, you know. And, um, and there, I mean, again, it comes back to. I don't know if they did it intentionally, but the, you know, we talked before about their name, Epic, right? That's good foresight because it sounds great when you you know the, on, yeah. you come to the Epic Store and you know, but the fact that um, Fortnite's been planned out so well with all its bat, battle passes and and you know the the the, the story develops yeah. on, the, and on, on that island. And the $100 million that they put aside for esports tournaments yeah, yeah. across the so world. So it sounds and... like they know what they're doing, which yeah, is great. Yeah. So yeah. this, to me, um, not having dealt with much with things, I'm not a PC gamer, but um, I'm immediately attracted to Epic mainly because of the split. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Yep. Which I think is great. And you know, look, AAA publishers have been moving away from Steam for a little while now anyway, as yeah. I mentioned, launching their own platforms. Yes. But, you know, on Steam, where if you're a AAA publisher earning over $50 million and you get to keep 80% of your revenue, where, you know, automatically Fortnite is still looking better to your AAA um, yeah. publishers because you get an extra 8%. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're using, again, if you're using bloody um, uh, the Unreal Engine, which yep. Epic owns, yep. which is bloody crazy because, you know, PUBG uses the Unreal mm. Engine. We've gone through all that stuff mm. before. It's, it's a, a, a tangled web they mm. weaved. Mm. Um, but um, look, you're already, you know, ahead by 8% in yep. terms of the revenue split, you yep. know, and you don't even have to meet a tiered system. No. So, look, it's, uh, it's, it's great news for us. Um, as consumers, because competition is always a good thing. Um, it's certainly not a good thing for uh, Steam because Steam it, it already, well, by the looks of things, they were the monopoly, weren't they? Yeah, they were, thing. and now they're going to be the ones having to play catch up. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that's so not good. Epic's coming along; they're disrupting it a little bit. Um, yeah, it just look. It's it, competition is always good. Yeah, I think the only thing that um, that maybe Steam might have up its sleeve if it doesn't go down the line of changing its tiers yep. is obviously it's got a much bigger library right now. Steam is installed on just about every PC in the yep. world. Yeah, right. So they're ahead with that regard. So they can start making changes now. Maybe bring some of that community back following this PR. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, but the other thing that they might want to do is um, is start making more fresh games again. You know, yeah. Valve, start making some games again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
might I just throw this out there? Half-Life 3. <laughs> Not a big deal. Okay. I know but get to it. But get to chop, it. Chop, chop. Chop, chop. <laughs> um, let's move on to top bit of news that gamers need to hear. Number, Number three. three. The Game Awards are happening this weekend, Dan. Now, these are the internationals. These yes. are the big ones. These mm. are the Jeff Keighley... Um, there's so many things that are going to be announced. The ones that we're not nominated for. The ones that we're not nominated for. That's the Australian Gamer Awards, and you can go there and vote for us if you feel free. Please do. Breakout Creator and Gaming Publication of the Year. Absolutely. Now, um, the Game Awards, as we mentioned, happens this weekend. In fact, it kicks off over the next 24 hours. Make sure you keep across our Twitter, gameon underscore AUS. Uh, N Flanders Farmer. Good old Nico. He's going to be on our Twitter for the next 24 hours throughout the Game Awards, tweeting every single update. He's watching the whole thing. So, good on you, mate. You're a champion. Thank you so much. And that's a great way to follow an award ceremony like that because you sort of skip the bullshit to get to the what you want to know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. In fact, um, Twitter, you know, it's funny. Twitter is such a great platform that gets a bit lost these days, but it really, we're on Twitter, as you just mentioned, Pete, and. Um, there's a lot of stuff that goes up there that people probably miss. So it's probably worth going to have a follow if you are on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree yep. more. Yep. Um, so, okay, hang on a sec. I'm just bringing up, because we wanted to have a, a quick chat about, um, you know, some of these nominations and, and stuff. But we'll just focus in on, on the big ones, mm. right? But Game of the Year, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Celeste, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Monster Hunter World, and Red Dead Redemption 2. Now, I wanted to pick your brain in particular because you came to me with something yesterday about Red Dead Redemption 2. I do, and I'm, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying. I'm going to say it right now. I think I'm putting my hand up for Spider-Man. I haven't even played Spider-Man. Bulldust. I reckon really? Spider-Man will win it, yeah. Mm. The reason I want to talk about Red Dead Redemption 2 is because the more I play it, now, I, it's similar to how you review, re-reviewed your score on Fallout, Fallout 76. 76. Now, I would have given Red Dead, when I first played it, 10 out of 10, without even thinking, because mm. it was just amazing. But the more I play it, the more I'm starting to think that that game is not a great game per se in terms of the game. It's a great game in that... Um, it's a fantastic story, but it's the same old grind you do in all those games where, you know, you're, you're going to a mission and then you get ambushed halfway through and you're to take out 10 guys. It's just that same old grind. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding with Red Dead Redemption, I can only play it for about an hour at the most before I get a bit bored. Yeah, and right, okay. Now, I'm really curious. I love the story and I'm really in, enjoying the story and the performances of the actors and all that stuff. To me, it feels a bit like what L.A. Noir should have been. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that yeah, was a yeah. bit groundbreaking, yeah. but it is that kind of thing where it's a bit of a choose-your-own-adventure type game. You know, um, I know with Red Dead Redemption 2, there's a lot more options to go, you know, you get two choices, should I go left or should I go right? And you can choose which way to go. So that changes the game somewhat. But the actual game is the same as GTA 5, as Red Dead Redemption 1. It's just that same old, I was in a bar thing last night serving out drinks, and that's quite funny. And then all of a sudden, the the um, the um one of the gangs comes and raids the bar, and I've got to take them all out. It's that same old thing of, just headshots, targeting, targeting, boom, 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 and you get out there, right? Mm. So to me, the game is not so much a great game anymore. It's a great story. Yeah, that's got, okay. That's got a game attached to it. I understand what you mean. Very yeah. different to something like Gears of War 3 or any of the Gears of Wars, which I think was a great story and also was a pretty bloody great game, each one of them. You know? um, for mine, look, Marvel Spider-Man is great, and I have played it. Mm. Um, Monster Hunter World, also great. For me, I really think the game of the year will go to God of War. I, oh, real, I yeah, really okay. do. I, Actually, I, I agree with you. Yeah. The reason why I think it'll go with God of War is because the, the gameplay itself is brilliant. It brought a lot of unique things to it. Um, the builds throughout the game yeah. um, are, are really great. There's just a lot of 
really amazing wow moments throughout the entire game. A lot of great consistency. And, of course, the story itself, as far as I'm concerned, is is near perfect. You know, it's, yeah. it's a 99 out of 100. Um, so I... Having seen a fair bit of Red Dead Redemption 2, but not played it myself, yeah. um, I can understand why it would be a big argument for taking out great Game of the Year. Oh, there's a lot. To, I mean, I'm being, being fairly dismissive. There's a lot to it that's fantastic. It mm. is an amazing game. But I think if they're... And it depends on how they judge it. Is it, is it the game? Is it the package? You know, the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Is mm. it the bribe? Who knows? <laughs> the bri- um, that's I, right, boy. <laughs> I really think, I, th- I think for me, it'll be God of War. Yeah, I, I, actually, I agree with you. Um, best action game. Uh, we've got Call of Duty Black Ops 4, Dead Cells, Destiny 2 Forsaken, Far Cry 5, and Mega Man 11. Jeez. Um, look, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 was really exciting for the first month. Haven't touched it yeah. um, since. Um, Dead Cells, I haven't played. Um, I really think, for the sake of uh, for the sake of story, um, as well as gameplay, I think it'll be a toss up between Destiny Two Forsaken and Far Cry yeah, Five. Yeah, I agree. You know, Far yeah. Cry Five had a great um, story. It released some great DLC. There was a lot to do in it. I, I felt it was a really well realized game. Yes. Destiny Two Forsaken suffers a bit from the way the community drops off a trough. Yeah. after it initially yeah, gets released, yeah, it, yeah, right? right? But at the same time, they do a lot of work to sort of keep it going. A lot of DLC content and stuff, um, great, great a lot co- of events. Great co-op game too. Great co-op game. Um, and you know what? The story in Destiny 2 Forsaken was good as well. I, yeah, I really enjoyed okay. it. So toss up between those two, I think. Um, I think maybe Far Cry 5 will pip Forsaken at the post, just yeah. a touch. Best action adventure game. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Now, keep in mind that, you know, like this is a best action adventure game, so there's going to be some other criteria that they're going to be looking at as well. Um, Again, I think it'll be um, God of War. I'm honing in on the word adventure. Yeah. Right? See, I was honing in on action. That's interesting. Right. Very interesting. Because Red Dead 2 is not an action game. There's action in it. There's action in it. There's a lot of shit where you do where you walk around camp. The walk through camp, you can't run through camp. So it's bloody annoying. That is frustrating. You get into the tent to save your game (laughs) and it takes you 20 seconds to walk there. It's like, mate, that's, that's... my yeah, point about yeah, that yeah. game, right? Yeah. Um, look, there is there's a lot of there's a lot of times in uh, in God of War where it's not action, right? But that action is replaced with great storytelling, yep. um, or great drama, yep. or great emotion. Yep. Um, but for me, every second of God of War is adventurous from yeah. the from the moment that you set foot yeah. um to the very end of the game yeah. there's adventure to be had so yeah. i again i think i think God of War will pip the rest of them at the post yeah. um we'll do one more here yep. uh, best role playing game um actually no you know what we're going to we don't play a lot of these particular games Dragon Quest uh, oh, oh 11, yeah i don't actually so Dino Kuni 2 Octopath Traveler um Monster Hunter World i think it'll be a toss up between Monster Hunter World and Octopath Traveler just purely from having played a bit of Monster Hunter World yeah. but also from what i just generally hear Here out and there and the from hype, the reviews yeah, yeah, and all that yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. stuff so but we're covering it all on twitter right we so, are covering it all on Twitter, mm. uh, so you will hear it on at GameOn underscore AUS on Twitter. Get there, Game on Australia on Twitter, and uh, thank you very much, Flanders Farmer, for getting us across that. We really appreciate that. Yeah, mate, mate, boy, 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 <laughs> mate. Hey, uh, let's jump into a, a little interview here. We got a, a chance to catch up 
with um, one of the guys from Couch Warriors about everything that we can look forward to over December and into 2019. We also delve into the history of Couch Warriors and in particular Daniel's history as well. Not you, this Daniel Daniel, on the other end of the line. Couch Warriors, you may have heard about them. If you haven't, this is where you're going to find out a little bit of information. We're joined now by Daniel Klebovchek. He's the former president of Couch Warriors and now strategic director. We thought we'd get him on because there's a lot happening in the fighting game scene. Daniel, thank you so much for your time with the Game on Australia podcast. No worries, Pete. Pleasure to join you. Mate, uh, the last time you and I caught up, it was actually at uh, PAX. You were hanging out at uh, at Xbox. You were the one who helped us out um, with uh, with Chris from ID at Xbox as well. That was a, a wonderful chat. So thank you very much. And it was uh, great to meet you there. Yeah, it was, it was good fun. Uh, I love those little chats. Now, um, let's move into this. Before we get into Couch Warriors and having a bit of a chat about that, tell us a little about a, a bit about your history in the gaming and esports scene, where you've come from, and, mate, we can even go back to the very start, if you like, where you started. Where did I start? Oh, my, one of my earliest memories in life is my dad walking in the door with an Atari 2600, so that goes <laughs> back away. I can still vividly remember that one. Um, but as far as fighting games and competing goes, um, look, I've always loved, um, you know, Street Fighter. And when I um, got a, a Sega Saturn, I fell in love with Virtual Fighter. And on Dreamcast, uh, a game sort of took over, and that was Dead or Alive. Uh, and when the Xbox 360 came out, there was a game called Dead or Alive 4, mm-hmm. uh, which was the lead fighting game there. And it's at that time that I kind of started playing more seriously, uh, you know, you had more robust online than ever before, and there were some leagues and competitions, and I ended up winning the Australian World Cyber Games qualifier for that game, and wow. I went to Seattle in, um, in the USA and played in the World Finals. And how'd you go? So, well, oh, not too good back then, but <laughs> it's one of those things when you, when, when you when you're sort of top in in a small country like Australia and you get the chance to go overseas, and this was in 2007, so it wasn't as common, um, you get a lot better and you come back and you play everyone else who was close to you and you're, you're much better than them again, but they catch up. And in that way, you can kind of help the whole scene get better. So that's one of the wonderful things about it. Um, in the finding game scene, we help each other. So, yeah, I did that. And um, I also played in a professional televised league overseas called the championship gaming series in 07 and 08 and more of that same kind of experience and along the way around this time I, I thought you know okay well I've come back from this and I've got the bug the competitive bug I want to do more and I found that there was a group called Couch Warriors in Melbourne that had started around oh hang on sorry mate we just lost you for a second go again Couch Warriors uh, in Melbourne Couch Warriors in Melbourne uh, had started up around that time, and so I found that there's my local community and started volunteering and helping to run tournaments and keep playing, and that's been a great thing. So the community's grown over time since then. I've been involved running tournaments and uh, helping that, that uh, scene grow, and that's that's what I'm all about. Mate, take us um, to the beginning of Couch Warriors in Melbourne. What year was that when you discovered Couch Warriors? Well, I found it uh, mid-2007. It had been going uh, since, I think, the original group formed by a um, guy by the name of Brendan, uh, two Brendans, actually, and uh, Loki and, and Dan uh, from the fighting game community out of uni. 
um, in meeting rooms uh, at the end of 2006. And through 2007, they started running events. So Couch Warriors has been going for about 11 years. And uh, I joined during that, you know, first year and, and started volunteering. Mate, and Couch Warriors has had an an extraordinary rise and history. I mean, well, we're in 2018 now. We're going back 07. So it's been around for 11, 12 years or so, maybe a touch longer. And, you know, you, you jump on the website and you have a look and you, you're looking at things like BAM 10. You're looking at things like Tekken World Tour and the Capcom Pro Tour. All of these massive names in the fighting scene, as well as, you know, other huge names there as well that are, that are partners with Couch Warriors like HyperX and Twitch and Bandai Namco and... Red Bull and Madman, and and the list goes on. Um, it's been an absolutely astonishing rise that just shows that there is a huge community out there that loves the fighting game scene. Yeah, I think um, it's quite rewarding as an organiser to see people coming together and having fun. You, you come to a point where the reason you do it is for other people to have fun, and, and it's quite rewarding. And when we got to a point with Sam, we reached our 10th anniversary this year, and we're now... Um, grown from an event which in its first year had uh, just over 200 people attend. Uh, and now, yeah, we're on the global circuits that you mentioned and we had two and a half thousand, sorry, two, just over 2,000 people come through the doors uh, if you count all the spectators as well as players. Um, so BAM is sort of a mini festival now, Battle Arena Melbourne in May. And we had tournaments for Street Fighter, Tekken, Smash Brothers, and, and a whole range of favourites all the way down the line, anime games like Guilty Gear and Virtual Fighter, and uh, it's, a, it's a great experience. Even the small communities get their chance to play, and we, even if you like the, the old games, like there's Alpha 2 for Street Fighter and Super Turbo, you can play still. Just spectacular. And you mentioned, you know, it's... It's a, it's a brand that's now global. Do you attract um, big fighting game talent from around the world? We do, yeah. I mean, um, by virtue of being on these circuits um, and over time um, people having th- that reason to come to Australia and come to our events and find out how friendly the community is and have a great time, um, they'll often come back. And so a um, great example is this year, um, to 2018, the year before, uh, Tokido was the Street Fighter World Champion at EVO in a famous win in 2017. And he had the choice of coming to our event, which this year we only ran a ranking event versus a premier event, which is a slightly higher tier Street Fighter event. And he had the choice of coming here or going to Paris for a premier event on the same weekend. That's how the timing worked out. Mm. He came to us. Uh, so... He came to Australia for the second year in a row, and um, I can only suggest that's because it, it might be like the big day out uh, used to be, where bands used to come because they love coming to Australia, and it's a bit of a holiday. So yeah, he came and enjoyed it. Mate, um, you're—I mean, I'd love to pick your brain on on this particular stuff because if anybody's going to have a great opinion on this, it'll be you. As far as fighting games are concerned, in 2018, who's doing it best when it comes to the developers and publishers? Oh, you know, it's it's actually quite a well-developed um, space across the board. Like, you'd actually have a hard time finding, out of the, all the major titles, uh, bad fighting games because it's such a specialised space. The players, that, the in terms of the publishers that are in it now and releasing games, no one's really doing it half-assed. No one's trying 
uh, fighting games uh, as a as a test um, or a gimmick anymore. It's it's sort of a genre that's quite mature, and people still in it are doing it because they've got experience. Um, so in terms of the quality of the games, um, you really can't go wrong. Uh, it's just a matter of what flavour do you like. In terms of um, pro leagues, then yeah. I think uh, the hat has to go off to Bandai Namco this year for Tekken World Tour. Um, that was an amazing thing to be part of. Um, and it's definitely... I mean, the, the standard's probably still Capcom Pro Tour. Uh, Capcom have done a fantastic job and they've been at it for a little bit longer um, where you go around the world if you're a Street Fighter player and it was the same with Tekken. It's a point system. So the great thing about that is it supports... Um, the events that already exist. So they can attach points to an event like BAM and people from around the world want to come and the people from our own scene um, get the chance to play people not only from around the country, which has always been the case with Melbourne and Sydney rivalries and so on, um, but you've also got the chance to play your heroes from overseas. Yeah, wow. Well, who's, as far as in your mind, uh, as far as Australian talent is concerned, who's up there? Oh, look, in Street Fighter this year, um, it was pretty close, but a clear-cut advantage to Somniac, who you can also see in Gfinity series. Uh, he was equal seventh with BK Summer from Sydney, Somniac's from Melbourne, and they had to play off against one another to determine who would be on top because we've actually got a program um, that we've got with Twitch going here in Australia called Bam Path to Evo, mm. in which... We allocate points locally, so we want to recognise our local champions because BAM has become an international event. We want to make sure that people know who's the best in Australia and give them a reward. Um, and so we took Somniac and uh, Tin from Tekken and uh, Extra from Smash Brothers and sent them all to EVO World Championships as part of that event. We're going to do it again next year. Unreal. How did they go? Oh, uh, look, varying degrees. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, when you've got thousands of people from all around the world in competition, um, I think uh, a, a good actually, an actually um, good proportion of Tekken players did go over and um, and did pretty well. So guys like um, Aiken and Dion Gray, you can you can see who stream quite often as well. Um, we're knocking on top 64, and out of 2,000 people, that's pretty great. Dan, we were talking off the air um, about, uh, about you know, ages and stuff like that, and when it comes to sort of esports and gaming, I know in myself, I'm, you know, 33 now, and I'm, I'm nowhere near the dead shot accuracy um, when I'm playing CSGO or, or COD or anything like that. Um, what is that? Is that a bird? It was a bird. <laughs> I'm outside. <laughs> That's hilarious. I would say I'm nowhere near the dead shot accuracy. I'm still half decent, but nowhere near it when I was like 18, 19 through to 26, 27. In professional esports, there's there's a cutoff date, isn't there? But you were saying, no, you, you disagree with that. Yeah, and I think it's going to change over time as people um, see esports as a more mainstream activity because there'll be more reason... It, to, to have longevity in it. There's, there's guys, and the fighting game scene also has a particular nature to it that, yes, reactions and so on matter, but more important is experience, understanding how to train your opponent to think one way and then doing something else. Uh, some of the best players in the world are actually quite getting on, uh, like Daigo Umahara, who's basically the Michael Jordan of 
Street Fighter. Um, he's responsible for the famous Evo Moment 37. If you look that up, you'll, you'll see some of the most crazy stuff ever. And he's in his late 30s, and he's still competing and placing top 10s and higher in, in major tournaments because a lot of the skill and experience and what you've learned carries over. And as long as you keep in reasonable practice, um, you can keep going. It's not like your body breaks down uh, like, a, like a footballer uh, who's getting a lot of hard knocks. So I think there's actually more of a future in esports than people suspect. Evo Moment 37, is that what you said? Yeah. For those of you listening right now, um, we will get to talking about what's coming up very soon uh, through Couch Warriors and, uh, and the general fighting scene that we can look forward to because you've got some great events on the way. But I, I want to pick your brain on a few things as a, as a guy who just plays... Um, oh, I suppose, what would you call me? I, I'm the... Oh, hello to you too. Um, I'm, the, I'm the kind of guy who plays the fighting game. Wow! How's it going? Gee whiz. Um, look, I'm the kind of guy who plays the fighting game, uh, you know, maybe half a dozen times a year when I catch up with my cousins at their house for somebody's birthday or something like yep. that. We might pull out Dragon Ball Z and, um, and have a bit of a bash or Tekken or whatnot. Now, I, I am a notorious button masher but obviously you know guys like yourself and the main talent for playing these games have a lot more skill what are the sort of things that you do um to get yourself good at this game is it just battle after battle after battle after battle after battle are you memorizing moves like how do you go about it uh it's all of the above like practice is is obviously the key but um the opportunity to get better at a game can curve up exponentially when you play other people and especially in person uh and that's what we favorite couch rows and otaru in sydney and so on um there, there are events where you can go and sit down next to another person and it doesn't really matter if you you think you're any good or not um because the opportunity to play try your character uh learn new matchups see how other people play and then you turn to the other person and go geez how did you do that I thought that that was going to beat you for sure, and they'll they'll let you know what they understood that you maybe didn't, and and your learning curve will go up. So I think it's really important to um, play other people who are maybe a bit better than you, and that means that you'll get better. Um, and then you take that away, and we've got the the power of obviously the internet. You've got YouTube and Twitch. You can see how the best players play, uh, and then you can take that into the training mode and and practice the same thing that they did and incorporate that into your own game and see what works for you. And in your mind, what sets the top players apart from the rest of the crop? Uh, look, my, my favourite Street Fighter player, Tokido, is um, a good example. He's got great focus. Like, he really concentrates on the game, and, and it's holistic. So he thinks about his breathing, his diet, all those sort of things to, to make sure that he's not distracted and he's, and he's feeling well-balanced and, um, and he understands the game as well. Unreal. All right, mate. Now, uh, let's move on to some of the things that uh, you guys have coming up on the horizon. Some really, really exciting uh, things that uh, you wanted to get our audience up to speed on with the fighting game scene, starting with a very big event uh, this month in particular, December, Global Dragon Ball Fighter Z Saga event. Tell us a little bit yeah. about this. So, on the back of a successful Tekken World Tour event that we ran, uh, Twitch and Bandai Namco, who also have the Dragon Ball Fighters game, um, announced the World Tour. And so we were chosen to 
have an Australian event on the circuit. And similar to those tours, there's minor events and major events. And the major events in the Dragon Ball Tour are called saga events, just like the uh, TV show has saga arcs. And uh, there are seven of these. So we're the seventh, only seven in the world. And every one of the seven correlates to a Dragon Ball. So the people who come to this event literally have a Dragon Ball up for grabs. And if you win that Dragon Ball, you get to go straight to the world final. Get out. That is amazing. Yeah, so that's that's what's happening. And we've got players. There's, there is an incentive for people to go to multiple events. And we've actually had a guy by the name of Kazunoko, who's well-known in Street Fighter as well, who's won three of these things. He already has three Dragon Balls. <laughs> and, he's, and he's coming to Australia. And what happens is, if he wins, the next person down will get the trip. He gets the Dragon Ball, and that opens up another spot in the last chance qualifier at World Final. Oh, wow, so, because he's so already he's got his chance to play in the in the qualifiers. Yeah, so he's punched his ticket to go, but he still wants the Dragon Ball, because the more Dragon Balls you get, like they actually have a thing where if somebody was to win all seven, it would give them a special power in the tournament, but that's not going to happen. Uh, it's still... Obviously, a lot of fighting pride for him to, to get another one. So he's coming. He's probably the major threat. But we've got some great Australian and New Zealand players. Um, probably my pick would be Baxter um, from Queensland. He came down to BAM in the first major tournament this year, and he won the whole thing. Um, so look out for him. He plays for Team Darksided. Um, and, yeah, it'll be a, a great fight. So that'll be really interesting to see who can come out on top in Dragon Ball. We've also got the first major tournament um, after the launch of Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, and we've had a really huge scene for Smash 4 over time. Um, it'll be really interesting to see who is sort of the first champion of this game one week in, to see who sets the tone. Um, Extra, who won our ticket to ban this year for Smash 4, has been winning all year in Smash. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he uh, is the first to adapt to the new game. So Super Smash Ultimate, um, I saw it at PAX. There was a, a nice big fat area where you could go and play a, a whole heap of it. In fact, it was Nintendo's biggest space dedication out of all of the stuff that they had on display. Um, you had a chance to to get across it, did you? I haven't had a chance to play it myself, but um, our, our head TO, uh, Jack, who's the president of Couch Warriors, leads the, the Smash 4 army for us. Uh, he's all over it, so... Um, it'll be a, a great a great tournament because those guys are right behind it and all of our tournament attendances went up so much with the last Smash that mm-hmm. we actually had to split our event into two weekends because we were packing out the venue. Uh, so yeah, that's that's an exciting thing for the for the new one because the community is just bound to grow again. That is fantastic. And when you do play Super Smash um, on the odd occasion, who's your pick? Uh, it's I'm an old Sega fan, so it's got to be Sonic. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm a, uh, I'm a um, Link from The Legend of Zelda. And not Toon Link, not Kid Link, but you're, you're just your general run-of-the-mill adult Link. Always have been, even from um, Super Smash Brothers on Nintendo 64. It's, uh, it's nice. always been my crux. Absolutely love it. Mate, um, so look, that's what we've got ahead of us for, for December. But, um, you know, 2019 on the horizon, have you guys already started putting plans into place for the big events happening there with uh, Couch Warriors? Yeah, definitely. Um, so next week, the 15th and 16th, you can still register for Couch Warriors Cross-Up is the name of the event under which Dragon Ball, Smash and a range of other games will be played. In fact, we've even got a special preview of, of one of my favourites, Dead or Alive 6, straight from Japan. It's not released yet. 
So that'll all be there next weekend in Melbourne. Um, so you just go to couchwarriors.org to find out more about that. And then in the new year, um, we'll have another BAM, and that'll be in May. Uh, the dates will be the 17th to 19th, and that's at the Melbourne Convention Centre. So that's where we'll have, uh, you know, the, the big global tours and everybody um, who's come to a BAM before and had a great time will be coming back to prove themselves. Fantastic. Mate, this is absolutely spectacular. Um, what you guys are doing is amazing, and please correct me if I'm wrong. I do understand that Couch Warriors is a, uh, a non-for-profit organisation as well, right? Yeah, that's right. So um, we run the events essentially as volunteers, and the funds that we earn go back into buying equipment and helping promote what the community does. And we, we have events in both Melbourne and Brisbane every month, so it's really easy to get along and join the community. You are um, the number one uh, fighting game organisation in the country. You guys are doing absolutely spectacular things and we wish you all the best. We look forward to seeing what comes out uh, over the next month and definitely into 2019. Couchwarriors.org if you want to check out the details. Also find them across all social media. Uh, my guest has been Daniel Klebovchek the Strategic Director of Couch Warriors. An absolute pleasure to have you on the Game on Australia podcast, mate. Thanks, Pete. It's been great. He's a good bloke. Mate. Well, he must be. His name's he, Daniel. He really is. Yeah. Uh, and just what a last name as well, Klebovchek. Oh, that's fantastic. Klebovchek. That's, that's, that is actually a ripper. It sounds like it should be in Die Hard. It should, really should be. Yeah. It should be or, or James Bond. Hard or, something. or James Bond. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bloody Klebovchek. ripper. Yes. Now, look, Dan... <laughs> Um, we've got to wrap this up, okay? But yep. we're not wrapping this up because I'm not letting you make me wait any longer. I know you had a sites, but you're going to have to hold on to that, all right? You're going to have to hold on to okay. your sites, okay? Because we're getting close to Actually, the end yeah, of the our Actually, yeah, the sites will relate next week too, right? okay? Now, you listen here. You have been teasing me with this <laughs> bloody story for as long as time began. I, I have. I, so I'm just going to jump straight into it. Now, uh, bear in mind, the listener, you beautiful community, it can't go to where. So Pete's got to play some creative editing. But we'll see at the end of it. I'm going to tell you the story. Yep. And if you think it's worthy, we might chuck it up maybe as a little video or something on Facebook with a complete warning that it's not appropriate. Okay. Right? So all you're going to hear right now is about 10, 15 seconds worth of music. <laughs> Over the course of that time, Dan has told me this story. And then we're going to come back from the music and you're going to hear... Uh, my reaction to okay. it. Because I, you have been promising me that my reaction will I know, be epic. I've probably built it up too much, but All right. let's go. All right, hang on a second. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, oh, we're getting kicked out. Oh, oh no. Man, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Here's what's happened, guys. Here's what's bloody happened, right? <laughs> Dan's halfway through telling me the story and we're getting kicked out of the studio. So you know what? Morning, <laughs> we're gonna have to we're gonna have to hold to this wait. story until next week. I'll tell you later. Let's I'll tell you what. This is what we'll do. I'll tell you later and let's decide next week whether we can make it go to public. How about you record okay, you finish telling me, we'll grab the recorder, yeah, right? And you tell me the entire story yep. outside. We'll go into the safe room. All right. Right? And we'll record my reaction. Okay, great. Okay? Great. We're just going to have to leave it there, mate. Far okay. out. I, see, I can't believe this. I can't catch a break. You can't. With this moment. goddamn no, story. I know. I'm worried now it's gone too far that I've built it up too much. But you've heard the very first line, and that should be enough to tell you how, 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 how and where it goes, Pete. All right. <laughs> You're holding off your sights until next week as well. It's a good one, too. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm pissed off. Yep. yep. Good.
But I'll okay. be angry next week. Uh, rock and roll. Let's yes! get the hell out of here then. Uh, thank you so much for getting to this end of the podcast and for listening all the way through. We really appreciate it. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform it is that you are listening and uh, leave a nice little comment there as well. That's always lovely. Warm always and fuzzy. Lovely. This always time lovely. Year. Absolutely. Uh, big thanks to our tech sponsor, PLE Computers, andrewhogue.com as well. Everybody else, Podcast One. All of our good mates who have sent us a whole heap of prizes for the 12 games of Christmas. You can check that out on the Facebook page. Get there, follow the page or like it. That is how you get involved and be eligible to win those prizes. All announced Christmas Day. Oh. But keep following it because we do announce the prizes themselves next week. It's be so good. Cool. So good. Game on AUS.com. Content team is banging out some incredible stuff. So keep an eye out there. Uh, have I missed anything? I don't no, think I've think missed anything. Good, I, think, I think that's just about it. Um, oh, and of course, Netflix. You of, course. of course. Netflix. Of course. Thank you so much. Tidelands. Tidelands. Yes. Your beauty. <laughs> hey, uh, have a great weekend in gaming. And as we always say, Dan. Don't forget to listen up for Buffalo and save. <laughs>